0: You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 42. This week's topic is the report on the California Attorney General Leadership Symposium on Human Trafficking. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And we are back this week with a report on a recent symposium that Sandy you attended and was a... It uh, Sounds like a wonderful opportunity to learn and grow and continue to dialogue with leaders, at least here in the state of California, about what we can all do to end human trafficking. So I'm really excited to talk with you today and to find out what you learned at the symposium and, uh, more importantly, what our audience can learn from that will be of value to them in thinking about current trends, what's going on, and what can we all do that will help us to learn more about studying these issues so we can make a difference.
1: Well, it was an outstanding symposium. Um, California Attorney General Kamala Harris was our um, host. She convened this symposium. And leaders from law enforcement, from our judicial system, um, prosecutors, and NGOs, victim service providers from all over California were there on the USC campus almost 200, and we also had um, the Attorney General from Mexico and the Secretary of Labor from Washington, D.C., Hilda Solis. Is this
0: a new symposium, or is it something that's been going on for some time?
1: This was a new um, effort. The first time that we actually had a report on human trafficking in California was in 2007, and then uh, that... The office in the Attorney General's office at the time was dissolved due to budget constraints. But Mm. now that office is being um, re-energized and a lot of significant effort is going into the battle against human trafficking in California. And actually we've seen over the last few years a number of, of really important legislative initiatives against human trafficking. So the 2012 Report was released at the symposium, mm. and as we went through the day, um, different speakers addressed some of our biggest concerns and introduced some of the the promising practices that we're going to see coming out of legislation. And I think I think one of the things that I was particularly encouraged by was the fact that there is an effort in the California Senate right now to link foster reform and demand reduction in the area of commercial sexual exploitation, sex oh, trafficking of children.
0: And we've talked about some of this with the importance of looking at some of the preventative nature of what can be done on the front end to prevent trafficking before someone becomes a victim.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think... Um, I think what we're going to see is a renewed emphasis on addressing this as a public safety issue, as well as a human rights issue, Mm, that public education to reduce demand will begin to have a lot more um, emphasis, and hopefully funding for that will follow um, as we've discussed before, when we look at the four P's of prevention, protection, prosecution, and partnership, the majority of our funds have been focused on the prosecution aspect of this. But we're obviously, if this is coming out of the attorney general's office, that we need to be focusing on public education to reduce demand, then we're going to see initiatives that will result in supporting that kind of education. That's
0: great to hear, Sandy. Fantastic.
1: The, um, the, the report was disturbing in some areas because we are seeing some trends that are emerging. And the victims in California, 72% are our own American citizens. And there mm-hmm. were several reasons that were suggested why this is true. First of all, because there is such a great demand for commercial sexual exploitation of minors. And they're easy to manipulate. There is a growing um, activity among gangs in using sex trafficking as one of their businesses. And so the idea that 72% of our human trafficking victims are U.S. citizens was shocking and is going to receive a lot more attention as to prevention, protection, as well as partnership, not just prosecution. So and that- this,
0: this speaks to Sandy, to one of the myths that I know we've tried to dispel on this show is that human trafficking is only a problem in, a, in third world countries and with people who are trafficked here from uh, across our borders. Mm. Reality, though, is that yes, absolutely, that is a huge problem in addition to we also have a huge problem here just within our own borders. And this statistic and this report is just more evidence of this, that even within uh, our own state here in California, uh, you know, we have big, huge challenges with this. And so it is not a issue that is a distant issue Exactly. that we need to uh, fly somewhere to help out people. Again, we certainly do but it's right here in our backyards also
1: and and the whole aspect of how organized it is has become more of a point as well mm. as they were discussing at the symposium the emerging emphasis that gangs are placing on sex trafficking And local gangs, city gangs, regional gangs, and transnational gangs. And one of the most um, significant points that was brought up is that these gangs have learned how to collaborate. Rival gangs that would have been um, on opposite sides of the street ready to defend their turf are working together to make money. Mm. And what that does, it speaks to our larger community in anti-trafficking, where we have a lot of different organizations. We have federal, we have local, we have state, we have NGOs, we have faith-based um, organizations. So how do we do a better job of meeting in the middle and collaborating so that we can um, uh, expand and, and utilize the resources that we have more effectively? Mm. So that's, collaboration is there is a major call for collaboration.
0: Yeah, and it's scary that gangs are working together to stay organized on this, Sandy. That's a, another challenge for us to work through now.
1: The um, probably one of the most significant areas that was discussed at the um, symposium was the impact of technology on human trafficking. And it's such a big subject that, Dave, I'm not going to talk about it today. We're Mm going to have to have a separate podcast on that. And one of the reasons I want to do that is we will look at how we're going to address that when we do our March Global Center for Women in Justice, um, Insure Justice Conference, which is about cyber exploitation and so I'm going to set that off to the side because it requires a whole podcast. Sure.
0: And I and I can imagine we could probably fill three or four shows with oh, the information on we could. technology and how it's, uh, it's both helped and caused bigger challenges for us in, in this issue too.
1: I think one of the things that um, we are all going to need to understand is just like we had to learn how to do Uh, drive on the freeway and the freeway is dangerous but we all get on it to get to work or to get to the place we want to go but we learn how to do it the safest possible way sure we also have to do the same thing with um, the cyber world the internet um, online activities and I've heard a lot of people say well I'm just not going to allow that in my home or I'm not. Go- I'm not going to do that. But the reality is that your kids are going to see this at school, at their neighbor's house, or when they when they go to the mall, up on a big screen. So we've got to learn how to address that. Um, in in the second session, there was a, a wonderful panel of leaders that included some of our. Um, our big leaders in Los Angeles, like uh, Lee Baca and uh, Chief Beck from, the, respectively, the sheriff's department and the police department, mm-hmm. you know our LAPD has 18,000 officers? It's incredible. Yeah, so it's like a small country, and yeah. I think that's an, why this report is so important. California has the ninth largest economy in the world. We are a destination country, not just a city or state. Yeah. So, we are
0: really. I mean, California could be its own country just on its own, just standing alone and, and as far as just on its economy, and we are a huge draw for better or worse. Exactly.
1: So it was very interesting. Uh I think one of the the moments where I was most encouraged was when uh the LA Sheriff Lee Baca told us that we need to adapt to these issues. And in explaining his ideas, he let us know that he taught middle school years ago. Hmm. He taught middle school. Now, middle school is where these kids are that are being um, recruited. Mm -hmm. This is the age of recruitment. Over and over and over again, people cited the average age of recruitment, 12, 13 years old. That's middle school. So I wrote this quote down from what he said. We need a holistic approach, not just a criminal approach. Now, this is from the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And then he said, young girls need to be able to communicate their despair. What despair does a 13-year-old have? Why are we not um, meeting those needs in our, in our kids' In middle school. So this brings back to the table the importance of beefing up prevention so that we provide resources to teachers in middle schools. I'm really excited. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got a call from the Orange County Department of Education, and I've been invited to do a half-day training for over 400 teachers and administrators in our, our Orange County Alternative Education program. This is this is the kind of prevention that we need to be focused on. The schools were mentioned over and over again at the symposium. The other um, area of prevention that was mentioned repeatedly was healthcare providers, and you and I both know we've talked about that a few times. We have. So um, we're we're starting to be joined by a lot of other people. Um, I think one of the things that. They brought up in this is the idea of law enforcement training, and the i and the ideas that in law in Los Angeles PD, a thousand out of eighteen thousand of their police officers have had um, quality training, not just a briefing, but some sort of one day or two day training, so that they're able to not just recognize. Identify victims, but then they know um, some of the unusual aspects of addressing this. Mm. And the most unusual aspect of addressing this for law enforcement is changing the mindset that the the little girl or the little guy on the street that's being sold for commercial sex is not a prostitute, is not an offender. Um, although we may arrest them for juvenile prostitution, many times that's done to, to for their own safety. And to begin to see them as victims Mm. so that we provide the kind of resources for them so that they will become um, good witnesses so we can then get the prosecutions.
0: And we've talked with a number of folks in the law enforcement community over the last year and a half, Sandy, on this show who have started to make that shift. We're starting to hear this more and more from prosecutors, from the folks in the highest levels of leadership, like you heard recently uh, from... Uh, district attorneys that 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 this shift, this mindset change of not looking at the children who are in the situation as uh, as offenders, as criminals, but really looking at them through the lens of what's the bigger what's the bigger story that's going on here and being willing to ask some questions and being able to investigate a little bit further to find out what's really happening, where the real crime has been committed.
1: And, and that brings us back to when we see these kids in gangs, because we look at gangs and we assume that everybody there is there because they are members. But um, when, we, when we do a little more investigation, we start finding out that these victims have been moved around, mm-hmm. uh, moved and traded uh, like playing cards between gangs. And so we have to do a lot better job of investigating gangs. And gangs are pretty violent. There um, there was a recent discussion about communities that are trying to get involved in rescuing victims. And the clarion call is, please make your phone call to the 888 3737 number or your local police department. Call 911 But don't go in on your own because these people have weapons and they're dangerous. Yeah. So, um, the the other really uh, stunning moment of the symposium was the fact that the Mexico Attorney General Nelly Montealegre Diaz, hope I got that right, um, addressed us at the luncheon Mm. and committed huge amounts of, um, resources and, and, political will in Mexico to addressing human trafficking in their country and on our borders. And that was particularly striking for me because five years ago, I was at a border sheriff's conference and I was the person speaking on human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And the former attorney general from Mexico spoke um, later and identified immediately that that didn't happen. Trafficking and people did not happen in his country. So this is a huge turnaround to have the acknowledgement and the commitment to from the Attorney General's office in Mexico Mm. that they're going to work on this as our partners. Big deal.
0: Which leads me to a big question I have for you, Sandy, listening to you talk about the lessons from this symposium is you've been to many of these conferences over the years. You've heard many, many people dialogue about human trafficking, and you've talked to many government officials. What, walking out of the symposium, what's new for you? What's happening that's new conversation that's either uh, exciting for you or maybe concerning that's things that are new or different that haven't been discussed before?
1: Well, two things when I was walking away. I was thrilled that there is an emphasis on prevention mm. and that that prevention was um, being considered in areas that are fertile ground for recruiting because we've identified 72% of the victims are US citizens. Mm-hmm. My concern though is that what we haven't identified is whether 72% of those citizens are from California. Or are they being brought in from other areas? Um, according to three different counties that I've contacted in the last two weeks, um, there is a disproportionate number of African-American girls being brought from out of state into California. Hmm. So we do prevention here. How are we going to make sure that that happens in other places, in other states, places where California might be a draw? I, I, I know that in old um, movies you can see people heading to California um, because California is a scene as a place to start dreams, go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So are we a draw for young people from other states? These are some questions that this raised for me. Um, the other very encouraging note during this symposium was the attention to the California um, Transparency Act, Supply Chain Transparency Act, and the encouragement for, for community education for how to use that. And the idea that you can call or go online to major businesses and ask if their products have any kind of, of slave labor involved in them.
0: This is the act that went into effect earlier this year. Yes. Correct. We yes. talked about this in one of the first episodes back in January of uh, 2011, exactly.
1: 2012. Didn't we? Yeah. Yes, yes. And there, the the subtle message with that um Discussion is that we as a community and as a nation, as a state, have a social responsibility to be aware of slavery that is part of our own society. Mm-hmm. It's on the shelves in our stores. It's in the clothes we wear. And it's um, it's our responsibility to ask questions. Yeah. We can't just enjoy our abundance and our affluence without being aware of the fact that children in Uzbekistan are slaves on cotton plantations. Children on the west coast of Africa are slaves in cocoa plantations so we can have cheap chocolate. And the list goes on, sugar cane in Brazil, child trafficking. And I mentioned child trafficking partly because you know my focus on on kids. Mm But there's. It's also easier to get people um, to band together to support innocent children. Unfortunately, the reality is, as they grow up, they don't leave because now they're adults and they can fight back. They stay, and so the numbers of adults who are slaves on those plantations, in those factories, in those textile sweatshops, or wherever. Are just unbelievable and when we look at the um, they're still using the statistic from 2008 that the United Nations gave us of 32 billion dollar um, trafficking as a as an industry Wow um, really nobody knows nobody knows how much money is involved in in slavery in the 21st century What we do know, though, is that it is present in every aspect of our lives. Slaves are used to mine the minerals that are used in the technology that we count on in our everyday lives. So getting rid of anything that has a slave tinge to it um, isn't going to work. So how do we begin to assure ourselves that the products that we use do not have slave labor. And that means a community that's socially um, responsible and ready to be an advocate to call and ask. And the companies have, um, have a, a legal requirement now to post that information. And if we go, don't take advantage of that, then uh, the law really doesn't have much in the way of teeth. So we need to ask those questions. That's up to us
0: and it is easy sandy to get overwhelmed with a lot of this i know i've had situations where i've gone to a store actually it just happened for me on halloween mm. sandy is oh. i was at the store and trying to decide what am i going to purchase knowing full well that most of the choices i'd have to i'd have to purchase are choices that are you know linked to children in slavery and and cocoa plantations. And, and yet there are so few choices at so many establishments, uh, of what you can buy and purchase. So it is really, really difficult to, um, unless you plan ahead or willing to pay a lot more money. And in some cases, both to really, uh, support organizations that are, that have made the commitment to do that. Um, but I also think it's really interesting too, that by talking about it and by, um, Voicing our opinions, and I've certainly done it with you know food at stores of how we can affect change. And I know there's just been a recent announcement. I think from I should check is it Nestle or Hershey's uh, made a recent announcement that they do you remember which one Hershey's is it Hershey's mm-hmm. made an announcement that they are going to have all their chocolate be fair trade by the year twenty eighteen. It's, 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 It's really soon. Yeah. Yeah, It's some, it does take some time for them obviously to move over their supply chain. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. And so, you know, on one hand you're like, wow, you know, it's a long time to wait. At the same time, what a great commitment from a really large organization that makes a whole lot of chocolate that goes all over Mm -hmm. the world to really change the conversation and that, you know, it's fantastic to and, see that happen. and then
1: you look back and you see the advocates who have been pushing for that since um the 1990s they've been going yeah. to those companies and so for advocates it's like yes people are listening it takes a long time we have to keep saying what we're saying and repeating it over and over again um before our time runs out i do want to hit a couple of highlights out of this report go for it. between from the mid 2010 to mid-2012, California's nine regional human trafficking task forces identified 1,277 victims. 1,277 human trafficking modern-day slavery victims in California. They initiated 2,552 investigations and they arrested 1,798 individuals. Wow. That's really important. The um, the The report also, and you can go online to the California Attorney General's office and download this and read this, but let me give you a couple of of cases um, that are just brief overlooks. In 2011, 38 members of the Oceanside Crips Enterprise, this is gang-related, made up of three separate Crip gang sets were charged with a racketeering conspiracy, including the prostitution of minors and adults. According to the indictment, the enterprise operated within a pimping subculture known as the game, in which victims, often runaways or otherwise vulnerable girls, were recruited on MySpace, Facebook, and Twitter. Once under the gang members' control, the girls were kept locked in a hotel for 12 hours a day, forced to work as prostitutes. Victims were routinely given drugs and alcohol and physically abused or humiliated for violating the strict rules of the game. Hmm. In the report, um, the idea of, of domestic and gang sex trafficking was reported in San Diego. Um, a former teen prostitute named RC told 10 News in San Diego, it made me money. I was tired of living on the streets and living in a homeless shelter. She was recruited by the pimps from the gang pimp and hose Daily. She was told she would never want for anything. As she testified, her pimp gave her only enough money to eat and survive while pocketing all of the rest of the money himself. Wow. Um, and, there's, and the report is just full of stories over and over and over again. The... Um, In June 2011, a transient woman from Texas accepted a ride and motel room from a man in San, San Jose. The next morning, he demanded money, ordered her to prostitute to repay the debt. And this is a common ploy to make you owe me something. When she refused, he threatened and assaulted her. And he had already posted an ad for her services online and set up clients in San Francisco. After his arrest, investigators searched the man's computer and discovered explicit photos of another um, woman, a 17-year-old girl from a group home who he was actively exploiting as a prostitute. The um, The issues involved in sex trafficking in California involve gangs, involve networks. Um, we're going to, on our next uh, podcast interview, the founder of truckers against trafficking Hmm. because um, truckers on the highways are part of the transportation that um, moves girls from one place to another. And we see girls who are taken to truck stops and we're going to find out what kind of prevention and networking is going to help stop that. Wow. Interesting. The, the report is worth reading. Please go on the um, California Attorney General website to get a better idea of what we are doing. The focus is on prevention in the future mm. and educating our community at every level, law enforcement, um, social services, education, and healthcare. And that's um, very encouraging for the future of ending human trafficking in California.
0: It's a really hopeful sign, Sandy, that so many folks are talking about prevention. And it's also such a hopeful sign that the Attorney General is putting this conference on and that so many leaders are involved in dialoguing. And the more that we all dialogue about this issue, the more we have conversations like we're having today, Sandy, the more that we can all. Uh, you know, learn about these issues and then be a voice and make a difference, just like we talk about, and, and certainly a big mission of the center to provide that. Absolutely. And I think that's just going to about wrap up our time here today, Sandy. I want to thank so much uh, you, our listeners, for taking the time to listen today. If you have comments or questions about anything we've talked about about the symposium today, I know Sandy would be happy to dialogue with you. You can reach out to us at 714-966-6361 or you can send email to us at gcwj at vanguard.edu. That is for the Global Center for Women and Justice here at Vanguard University of Southern California. And uh, one final note is if you'd like to get on the newsletter for the Global Center and get more resources for these issues and many other things that the center offers, go to our website, gcwj.vanguard.edu, and that'll
1: take you there. Thanks, Sandy. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye.